You're listening to Season 5 of Views from the Bridge, your second favorite podcast about the Philadelphia Union. Views from the Bridge is part of the Beautiful Game Network. For soccer writing, content, and other information, check out bgn.fm. Now let's get right to it. Do we want to be a good team, or do we want to be f***ing great? All right, well, good evening. Welcome to (laughs) another episode of Views from the Bridge, your second favorite Philadelphia Union podcast. I'm kind of glad you're here. Uh, I'm not exactly happy to be talking about the Union, but we'll talk about it anyway and probably waste a bunch of your time. Uh, But here to waste your time, first of all, we have Chuck Booth. Oh. Oh. (laughs) No. Not that so, you're wasting our time. So not that painful. No, 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 you no, can't, no, no, you can't take that intro back. Jeez. Here to waste your time. Wow. We are your second favorite time waster for the Philadelphia Union. No, no, no. We are all going to waste your time tonight because we're going to talk about the stupid Philadelphia Union game. Anyway. What yeah, a to be, start. Here's what I'm thinking. Uh, also, that was Chuck. Good analogy for the game, at least. That was Chuck speaking before yes. that. Chuck Booth, of course, of CBS. Um, I am Paul Catrino uh, of Sporting Serotonin. Uh, funny enough, Justin was doing that intro, said, here to waste your time. I thought it was a lock that you were going to say my name. I was like, here it comes. What a setup. Bump, set, spike. You're the transition king. Uh, I didn't see that coming. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I was honestly prepared for that being the lead in from that as well. So Did anyone catch the number of that train? <laughs> I'm glad that I I'm glad that I threw you both off. Well, I'm, I mean, I, I, I assume the number would be three for the amount of goals scored. <sighs> Yeah, that would be it. Well, anyway, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Full cigarette. Here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Um, here's the thing. Chuck's not going to waste your time, and I and I should have worded my intro better. But uh, we, uh, I think, watched two hours of soccer this weekend. It was mostly a complete waste of time. Uh, whether you were in the stadium or watching on Apple Plus season pass, MLS season pass on Apple TV Plus, um, you know, it, it seemed like a waste of time. But the Union uh, lose 2-1 to one to uh, another team uh, and or another group of semi-soccer players. I, I don't know. I don't think they actually were playing soccer, but... Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later, but they lose two to one to Orlando and, um, yeah, the union have lost three out of five to start the season and, um, the undefeated streak is gone. I mean, thank goodness because the lore around that home unbeaten streak was just getting too much. I mean, they were making t-shirts about it every year at WrestleMania. They were wondering, is the streak going to be broken then while WrestleMania is going on? I I mean, you need to have a clean slate. It was an exciting 18 minutes. <laughs> Did... That's that's true. That's true. It was that. It was that. Uh, yeah. I mean, so, uh, hold on. Uh, talking about yeah. the game, 10, 10 minutes into the game, uh, the union were down two to nothing. Uh, and how many minutes into the game? Due to some of the, uh, I think it was nine, nine or I two. I thought it was two. Exactly. 
Well, no, no, down two to nine. Oh, yes. Two, mi- two, two minutes to, to go behind, nine to get the other goal That's in for right. Orlando based on some of the worst um, center back, goalkeeper, you, um, defensive midfielder, you you name it. Everything that could go wrong um, went wrong. Uh, I, yeah. I, um, yep. there's a there's a few players who participated in this game where I genuinely have like some serious questions of what do you do here? All right, who's your list starting with? Well, I mean, I'm... <laughs> so before we get too deep into any individual players, so the union were missing nine players. Maybe not all of them starters, but nine players the union were missing. We the union went into the game with what five subs on the bench, one of them being your backup keeper. So really only four subs on the bench. Uh and so obviously very short short staff. So your starting lineup, Donovan and and uh Ure up top, you had Joaquin Torres playing the ten. You had, uh, who was it, uh, Perea and Bedoya playing the eights, and then you had Flock as the six, and then basically you're starting back line with Bendik and Goal. Yep. Where does your list start, Chuck? Well, I guess my list should start at at least where I know we have a name in common on our list. And that is... Um, the start of the season for one Leon Flock. And not to say that there was really anyone who could have started here ahead of him, just because, like, when Jose Martinez is out, he's expected to be the six. We've seen Jack Elliott at the six. It's not great. Um, Damian Lowe was also with Jamaica, so, like, it's not even like you could really pull Elliott up then anyway. But this dude was a human turnstile. Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> you can't get that. You can't look that turned around by this Orlando team. I know that they have their short moments of passing really well in the middle, but man, it is nothing you haven't seen before. Like, and they were missing like their three best players too. That, so it's not even like this was a full strength. Orlando attack that was like giving you trouble. Like I get that um Ojeda is actually a pretty good signing for this team. Sure. But like those other guys around him? Mm, not so much. Like you have fought so much better quality in this league before and you have handled it relatively well. I I mean, I don't that's not <laughs> positional regression we're seeing. I, I almost have to chalk it up to just a lack of focus or overthinking uh, because he doesn't have his usual guys around him, like overthinking the position as the anchor of the midfield. Like from the beginning, if you set yourself up like that, I mean, that's when you really have to feel a game out. I understand getting attacked very early on right in the beginning, but my God, he did not do it any favors for himself positionally executing a tackle following a run 
No boxes checked. None. I mean, and for me, like the struggle for me and 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 flock is is the way that in I guess more limited minutes Perea has started the season. It, it's it's Perea just seems like he knows what he wants to do and does it most of the time. And I think for the second or the last 80 minutes of this game, he might've been one of the better players on the field. And as uh, for those of you who are watching at home, as Danny Higginbottom was talking about on the, on the broadcast, I mean, what ended up happening after those first 10 minutes was the union dropped Perea back to help flock out. And they were able to then, the two of them together were able to lock down that, I don't know, that part of the field that was kind of a revolving door for the first 10 minutes. And they were able to sort of lock it down after that. But it's like if if you're having to send somebody back there with Flock to help him out, then you're losing somebody on the attack too. And that's what this, that I mean, that's the struggle. And when you don't have your starting strikers both of your starting strikers because one of them can't stay out of trouble with cards. Um, <laughs> you, yeah, it, it makes a, it makes a problem. And especially when the only thing that Leon Flock does well is defend. <laughs> so when and... you're not actually bringing much to the attack on a normal basis, and then you need help, to even do what you do well, what are you doing here? Yeah, it was very clear. I mean, it was very clear in this game that Martinez was... It it showed how important Jose Martinez is to this team. And, and so going forward, uh, you hope that Martinez doesn't miss another game. Uh, okay. Which is scary. So I've pulled up the odds for that. And uh got to tell you, Justin, got to tell you, not <laughs> looking great. Well, actually, I mean, I think the better question is if Martinez misses another game, are you basically saying, fuck it, hoping that, like, McGlynn is available and just doing – a double pivot of him and Perea. Well, I'm not saying fuck it, Chuck, because I watch my swearing on the podcast. All right, so watch your watch your potty mouth there, bud. <laughs> I know I just well, said it. Um, yeah, I was gonna yeah, say you just said it. So, all right, uh, okay. Now that we've edited this PG podcast, cut that, cut that, cut. Um, you want to do a double pivot with McGlynn to provide the offensive spark from the bat? You want to bring him back next to who? Well, say right. next to Perea. Sounds fun. No, it sounds great. I don't. I don't mind that. I don't care who starts the next game at left side of the diamond, but oh it my can't God. be Leon Flock. I. I I don't know if this. I don't know if my webcam is going to actually show this, but like, if you look up the Google lineup, um, have you seen what they show for? Joaquin Torres? Uh, no, I have not. It's no. editing. It's editing. It's not him. Who is that? Wait, uh, who is that? <laughs> is that a woman? 
Yes, it is. Yes. That is definitely is a woman. That... Uh, okay, analysis. <laughs> We're stopping the podcast. <laughs> We're stopping the podcast. No. No, we're not stopping the podcast. I'm holding a halt here. I need a reverse I'm image the, search. I'm the captain you're right, now. You're right. You're right. I don't even. I don't. I am. All right. So while Chuck figures out what woman this is in the Joaquin Torres. I'm, uh, I'm not slide. even going to be able to because, like, they won't. It won't let me, like, get a big enough thumbnail of her to try and, like. All right. We're going to post it on our. We're going to post it on our Twitter at VFTBpod. And we're going to see if we can find this out together as a community, everyone. So if you're listening to this, go to our Twitter. It's already up there somewhere. We will have worked this out by the time this comes out. We're going to find out who this woman is, why she's on the union, and what is going on in the House of Commons. But back to the show. I have, I have officially released the podcast from Hostage. <laughs> I, so I will say the reality of this game for me, and and you guys can... It can battle this out. I think the, and I think I said this on our Twitter after the game, but what's frustrating for me is for 70 minutes in Montreal, we were the better team. And somehow we end up losing that game. For 80 minutes against Orlando, I think we were the better team. We we got it figured out over the first 10 minutes. They're, they were rotating up front. They were doing all these weird things, got two opportunities and scored both of them. I think until later in the first half, they were still at two shots on goal and two goals. So it was not like we were giving up things later in the game. It's just when you don't have Julian Carranza in the game. Who did you you have? And you don't have Gazdog in the game. You don't have much in the way of teeth in your attack. But why? Why is that? Who's um, one particular striker? Um, I know both strikers didn't have great days, and one got mad at Jim Curtin when he was subbed out. But I think um, you should get mad being subbed out of that game, considering the Union took twenty six shots. Um, but who was that other striker who somehow logged ninety minutes that we don't need to see anymore? Was it Corey Burke or Sergio Santos? Oh, wait. No. Yeah, those are players that we miss because they would have been in this role in the past. And it is one of the few scenarios where you see that, oh, the Union did actually lose depth in this offseason because a pink cow signed um, Corey Burke. And, I mean, unfortunately, it's not like he would have been at this game anyway due to being on international duty for Jamaica. But the minutes that you don't have Corey Burke that now Chris Donovan is filling are genuinely just lost minutes of soccer. You know, I I take back what I said earlier this year in the podcast. We should have signed Kai Kamara. He's not going on any international duty. He could have been our backup. Total, total locker room um, signing. Doesn't Sierra Leone say otherwise? Is he? Is he still? Really? Either way, Chris Donovan, I I think uh, my feedback on Chris Donovan in this game was Chris Donovan <laughs> does a lot of good running, um, but as soon as he touches the ball, 
um, it's downhill from there. It's a tough spot to find yourself in. I mean, you're getting the majority of these touches in really high-pressure situations. Like, this is going to mold you in the fires. You know, like, obviously you want to see time for the homegrowns because they probably work their asses off as kids and have earned that time to prove themselves on the field. Um, Chris Donovan has been given a large amount of time this season so far to prove what he can do on the field against the opposition in front of him. And he has not produced Um, really anything of enough substance to warrant keeping those minutes in play and just finding someone else. It might actually show the miss of, uh, it definitely shows the miss of, of Corey Burke. It also probably shows the miss of Pax and Aronson too. If you if you have Pax and, and reality Pax was with US national team too, yeah. but uh if if Pax is in this game and can play uh the ten and you can put Joaquin Torres up top, then you're not stuck in a situation where Chris Donovan is getting minutes either. But it also like makes me makes you wonder just based on, you know, how this game was going and that anyone with an eye for goal probably changes <laughs> the game. Like, literally anyone. For sure. Like, um, for sure. why not take it as a time to throw Raffanello on? Like, I, I know that you don't have anyone, but he's your only attacking sub. Yes. I don't know why we didn't put, no. I don't know. I'm not com- I'm Whatever. Like, you have five subs. Yeah. Use them. And you only you use three of them. You can't look at... And maybe, maybe you should have used all five. Here's the issue that I have right now, okay? Is that Chris Donovan has been kept in this union rotation based on, I guess, apparently what he has been doing in training. Uh, Raffanello has been killing it at the lower level for two years now as a youngster has given you a lot of substance to grab onto as a player. And yet this is where he finds himself in the pecking order of this union team. Uh, When Paxton plays in those minutes last year, um, you don't need immediate results. You need to see sparks. You need to see moments that you're, I'll take a line from Blue Lock. You're turning zero in soccer, and you're taking it, and you're turning it to one. You're creating something out of nothing in that role. Donovan is getting himself into these positions, and the zero just stays there. There's, I'm not really seeing anything that is transcendentally making him worthwhile uh, in his current role with this team. Does he come on as a sub and maybe run hard against some tired legs? Sure. Fine. Uh, but I don't understand why the choice isn't Rafanella right now. I mean, I understand it when you have the nine players that we're missing. When you have those nine players in the game or available to you, I understand Rafanella not playing. But this game, yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand the choice. 
uh, of not putting him on the field, at least with, I don't know, 10 minutes left in the game and just see what he can, what he can do. Cause kid can do and kid can do figure it out or he'll try. He'll try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will say, um, Chuck, you had mentioned it earlier. The union, we, we, we might complain a little bit about the, uh, maybe lack of offensive uh, sparks or the lack of offensive pressure or whatever. Um, But I think the reality is the union did have 26 shots and some of them were, you know, uh, Glesnes sending it 17 feet over the bar off of a free kick or whatever. Uh, But I, I think, um, the Orlando keeper had a fairly good game to yeah. say the least. Had Ben had Bendick been half as good as the Orlando keeper, I think that yeah. game is one one. But Bendick is not that good. Yeah, no, I mean that and and it was definitely a frustrating game because you can very easily see how either a um, Bendik doesn't play, and the Union draw that game. B, Franza doesn't get a red card, and the Union potentially win that game. Um, like there were definitely a bunch of just routes to a point, but like when you start off the game with just everyone asleep and literally like both of your center backs like playing some of the worst defense you've ever seen them play during their time in union jerseys, which is like, I mean, it's easy to write off when it's two best 11 center backs combined, but just like everything that could go wrong went wrong in this game while you're already missing most of your top guys. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that, that's the problem. I think it's like, you know, uh, I mean, there's so many, even just reading the match recap and thinking back over the game, I mean, Wagner had that one-time volley that skimmed the crossbar that could have easily gone in. I think Bedoya had a header from pretty close that was saved. Jack Elliott got his back to defenders, you know, with a couple seconds left in the, a couple minutes left in the game and just couldn't turn and and get it to the net um and so there's so many times in the game where easily the union could have got that second goal to at least tie the game uh and so that yeah I think that is what is so frustrating about this game is there's so many options of how the union get back into or win the game and they just didn't have it available to them also gotta talk about Elliot's free kick I mean both center backs are still insanely good at free kicks and like yeah I no, because here's the thing. We always hype up the Glesnes ones because they're going to be from 35-plus yards out, and it's going to be a, it's going to be a toots-the-boots house down, you know? But, man, can Jack Elliott hit it from anywhere within 25. There, Jacob Glesnes was not kidding when he said that Elliott's a better, is a better free kick and penalty kick taker than him. He just – game knows game. Well, and Mc- – McGlynn told us that last year too on the pod. I remember we asked him what the, who the best 
PK slash free kick taker was on the team, and Better he said Jack Elliott as well. And uh, I thought about that as soon as I, as soon as I saw that free kick, just barely get saved. I was like, oh, yeah, shoot. Yeah. So uh, I guess at this point, the question is: Have you um, have you lowered your DefCon scale? Have you lifted open the plastic covering on your panic button, and are you hovering your hand over it? Also, how bad must Holden Trent be so far not to be starting in net? I mean... Because that's the third um, useless spot in the lineup right now. It can't be because he's bad. You don't draft this kid. You don't use a super draft pick if you're Ernst Tanner because you think this kid is okay enough and at normal he's bad. But you could use it and then realize once you have used it that he is bad. I feel like he's better than that. I don't I obviously I obviously don't want to just say that he's bad. It, it kinda sounds like you're it, but, you're asking us to say how bad he is to set your metric of how you're gonna respond to this. Well, because what the hell the other reason is it that Bendix still Because starting? he's a character man. He's got to have some semblance of locker room sway that can hold... He doesn't know what to do with his arms. He plays keeper, and he doesn't know what to do with his arms. I am not sitting here defending Joe Bendix's ability in the net. I am telling you why he is still starting these games. That is what I am saying. This guy has some semblance of control of his locker room. He is character pull. He feels like if he's missing parts of his lineup that needs glue to hold it together maybe he's picking joe for this reason because there's so many people missing is that a good decision i don't know because we really you're right we haven't heard anything from holden trent we just we haven't what is he doing is his training going okay do we need to worry that we might need to go find someone else like as soon as June comes, or as soon as July comes around. Well, can we still sign a free agent right now? Like, I think the transfer window is still I, open. I, I do not know. <laughs> I, I do not know rules. Who knows yeah. all the rules in this league? I think the the hard thing for me is like, okay, I get, yeah, it's frustrating because Bendik has been, in the games that Bendik has played, Bendik has been awful um i my problem is trent is obviously a young keeper not playing at a major university so i wonder just how like good under pressure he's going to be not that he's not a good keeper he got drafted by the union the union obviously believe enough to take a pick on him and everything else but does he have the ability to do it in a in the speed that ml in which mls has played versus the college game and does he need some time with union two or whatever to just get up to speed a little bit more to the professional game i don't know the answer to that i'm not privy to the locker room information obviously um but i think it's like that's the challenge for me is like i'm not sure i'm not sure i want him thrown in at this point but not that that couldn't be a good thing who knows i mean i just wonder like for this past game, if there's any time that you're just going to 
throw them in there. The one where everyone else is on international duty, including, you know, Orlando's two best attackers, probably yeah. the best time to do it. Like, I mean, it might not yeah. have made a difference, but it's like if you're gonna not crush his confidence, like that's the time. Um, especially since like we're just really trying to fill time until Andre Blake's back and we don't really know when that is. We hope it's soon, but we don't it's really know when that is. He's probably coming back this week. He's sli- I think huh. he's slated to return this weekend. So I, I hope so. But if he he could have a setback, you're, you're absolutely days, right. Weekend, so yeah, I mean, we need I don't him know. back as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the answer is there. I think the problem for me is if if Trent starts this game and you give me four to four or five nothing, then you go, well, why did we do that? Well, I had Bendik who at least could save something. Well, then you well, learn something. So I, no, no. Like, I just think I just different. I just I I just think at least with the we have Bendik, we have proof that he can't save anything. Yeah, the problem. I... Like I his. His starts in CONCACAF Champions League don't really count because he played 10 men for most of the game in one game, and then, like, the other one just, I don't care. Like, we just have more history of Bendik losing the Union games than winning them. So even if you're going for confidence, like, what does Bendik have to think at this point when he gets in net for this team? Like, oh, we're going to lose because I'm starting. It's more along the lines of, like, Justin, your argument almost supports the fact that if Holden Trent gets thrown in this situation and they lose four or five to nothing, at least you learned something. You took an unknown on your team and you gave it a variable. You gave it a bar. You gave it a measure of where do we go from here? Because if you're putting Joe in net, you know where the bar's at. Like, you, like this is the thing, especially this early <laughs> and, in the season. Yeah, and, that, and that's how... That's absolutely true. I think, like, even the Orlando keeper, what? We beat him 3-1 to one last season. Uh, and then he comes back and, and wins the game. So, I think, like, there there's an element of, uh, yeah, you got to figure that out. And you got to, yeah. So, I see, I see what you're saying. I could go either way on putting, putting Trent in this game and, like, what, based on the result, what the reaction would be to it. Uh, but I also think, like, yeah, I mean, I, I think you got to do something, right? You got to do something to figure it out. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is going forward. I don't. To go back to your earlier question, Paul, I don't know that I'm. I, I am not panic on the. I am. I'm nowhere near the panic. Nah, it's on the other near. side of the room. I think, like I said, I think the union, the union, the union uh, looked like the better team for seventy minutes against Montreal. They look like the better team for 80 minutes against Orlando. They had 26 shots in this game. They probably had Carranza not got the red card against Montreal. They probably win that game. And we're talking a very different. This is a very different conversation that we're having uh, based off of that. So at any point in the season, you can look at two games and go, oh, this team's terrible or this team's great. But the reality is like you don't. You gotta uh, make a. Uh, you gotta. You can't look at two games and decide what the season is gonna be. Yeah, and I, I mean, I would most, and I would mostly agree with that because, like, also, games that MLS plays during international break, they just don't count. 
I know they count in the standings, but like these aren't real games. Like you look around the league and most of the results just genuinely didn't make sense. And also again, just even going back to what we talked about last podcast, like the union just start the season, like generally just don't have a good time. They hit their stride like later. Um, this year might be a little weird with the U20 World Cup, although now we don't even know where that's being played since it's not happening in Indonesia. Um, but, like, they'll be fine. And also, it's almost impossible not to make playoffs now. Yeah, for sure. And I think, like, even this weekend, like you said, like, the results of this weekend were wild like there there's no way to look at the season and go oh that was that was a normal weekend um and so i think every every game across the board was uh you know maybe not across the board but a lot of the games were just crazy and so maybe mls should go oh it's an international break let's not play games what a concept that's a weekend they're not making the compressed season the compressed season that they created um makes them need to do this <laughs> oh another weekend we're not no, they haven't they've been doing that for years they've been doing that for years though yeah well it is what it is i think uh the reality is the union uh have i want to say like that's the problem chuck with your comment about how everybody makes playoffs uh the union i want to say that the union have put themselves in a hole um but they're only six points off of first place, and uh, exactly, there's half the <laughs> half the teams. More than half the teams are in the league are within one point of them. Uh, so uh, there's no hole to be dug out of at this point. Uh, but Saturday night, uh, the Kansas City team uh, comes to Sporting KC comes to Subaru Park. Um I I I would <sighs> hope that the union go into this game with like a little bit of ch- chip on their shoulder. I mean, yeah, what else are they going to do? You think you think I mean, Jim Curtin's taking it easy this week? I mean, SKC has been one of the worst teams in every facet of the game in the league so far to start the season um like and everyone is now back from international duty also not not i don't even think there's even a member of the union who's been on international duty that's like playing today the played today or plays tomorrow to like make it one of those weird situations where it's like okay they're like not rested and can't play on on saturday so like you genuinely expect okay like while the attack may not be as good as the sounders right now who just won 4-1 over sporting kansas city you expect a comprehensive victory at home yeah i just i mean i hope that they come back with a look like and and what i mean is i think uh i would hope that the starters that were not there this past weekend come back sort of pissed off of like, hey, 
we were in on international duty and you can't even win a game. Uh, I would hope that the starters who were in this past week's game are pissed off. Like, okay, we've lost two in a row and this sucks and we don't want to do it anymore. Um, and then I hope just like the fact of being on international duty gives confidence to some of these guys to come back and play with some passion and with some, uh, showing what they're made of and continuing to get those call-ups. And so, yeah, like you said, sporting has not been good. And so my hope would be that they can come out and actually play well. Uh, I unfortunately, uh, (laughs) despite usually being a beacon of positivity for this Philadelphia Union team, uh, I think they are going to win this game 2-1. to And I don't think it's going to feel that great. I think the job will get done, and we will inevitably record this podcast and say, well, the union still got three points, so it shouldn't really matter to all you people complaining. But I have a gut feeling, based on, you know, my indigestion, that this is not going to be comprehensive from Philly. There are still going to be some adjustments that will need to be analyzed after this game in regards to the midfield and in regards to maybe getting attack late on. Cause I feel like this game's going to be one, one late into the second half and someone's going to need to go save it. Um, and maybe they will save it. That's why I'm saying two, one, but, uh, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to just blissfully walk back in and say, the union are going to kill these guys. Oh, I didn't say they're going to kill them. I said they should. Um, anything that results in three points, I'm relatively happy with at this point in the season. Because, like, I mean, we know the Union have a As lot of work should. to do. As you should, yeah. Um, we just need to see actual points in progress towards that work. Which, winning this game, that's enough to show that they did what they needed to do. Especially since, like as games in the international break don't really count games against the Western conference only have count. Yeah. I and mean, I think the reality too, is like, uh, the, the, uh, even the, even just thinking about these last two games if the union hold out for a draw against Montreal and, and score one to get a draw against Orlando. Like, again, we're not having the same conversation. Yes, we can complain about the game. Yes, we can complain about the refs. Yes, we can, you know, whatever. But the reality is, like, we're not uh, we're not having the same conversation we're having tonight. So I think showing, the union showing that, like, okay, cool, if, we, if you get up early against uh, sporting, like, can you hold on to it for the rest of the game? Like, if you're up two to one late in the game, can you hold on to it? If you're down two to one late in the game can you get a goal to to tie the game and that's the kind of stuff that good teams do uh and so can we show that we're still a good team and i i I really do believe that the answer is yes like i'm i'm genuinely shocked at the number of people in the twitter sphere and i know the twitter sphere is over dramatic and whatever else but i'm I'm genuinely shocked against that the number of people in the twitter sphere who are like burn it all down it's all terrible we're the worst team in the league Blah, 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 blah. Like, I'm sorry, but we're, we, I generally think on paper, we improved from last season and we were a team who was in the MLS final last season. So if you're going to, if you're going to burn it all down, then we should have been having that same conversation at the end of the season. 
uh, and we're not, and and we didn't. So uh, I think you got to give it more than five games uh, if you want to talk about seven games uh, with the Alianza games. Then cool, but I think you got to give it more. Now, if we're in this situation, we're sitting in ninth, tenth, eighth, ninth, tenth place at the end of April. Then I think we have a different conversation on our hands. Uh, but until we get there, I think we gotta we gotta wait. We gotta hold out and see what happens this month. I I think this comes down to taking off your uh, your MLS Cup from last year glasses and just really kind of leaving yeah. this behind right now. Uh, I believe it, it, who was the one who sent us or, or had the tweet? Uh, KP Sullivan, who was saying that the Union are still trying to fight yeah, off the fun. loss of last year's MLS Cup. Uh, I think the fans are still trying to do that as well. Um, granted, it's their first trip to the promised land, and it went in heartbreaking fashion. But, like, here's the thing, y'all. Growth exists when you can take the past, apply it to your present, and look forward to a future that is actually worth looking forward to. The Union have this in front of them and have the talent in front of them to do so. Presently, they do not have a lot of injuries that plague them. I know Andre Blake is a real exception to that rule, but uh, they could be a lot worse off. They could. And yet, it still feels like everyone holds them to the standard of last year's MLS Cup runner-up. And that just can't happen in this season. It's a new year. You have to start off fresh. You have They do it every year. Even though there's little turnaround on this team, there is still a unique and fresh approach to how this union team does things off the field and produces results on the field. They need to move on. It is the lingering X that has broken their heart and can't seem to get them out of their head. Get them out. Leave them behind. It's time to go forward. Uh, and I'm not projecting on my own relationship issues. I've totally worked that out in therapy, by the way. So, like, don't attribute this to anything. If you're a friend of mine or an ex-lover, perhaps, uh, you know who you are. You broke my heart. You, you monster. Um, anyway. Uh, what ha- what oh, happened, yeah. guys? I just okay. blacked out there for um, a second. Yeah. Well, we're just gonna we're just gonna um, cut Paul <laughs> off now. Um, so, uh, the not fun thing about the month of April as a whole is that um, it includes Paul's birthday, which actually this game takes place Yay, on Paul's birthday. Can't wait. Um, but um. So, I do want to, like, just expand the scope a little bit, because, like, Jesus, it is a run from hosting Sporting Kansas City, going back into Champions League play against Atlas, um, FC Cincinnati, and, oh yeah, it's the fire again. Yeah, I mean you you have you have six games in in April, and that's with a week off. So you have six games on a tight timeline. 
and not really any rest. So obviously the 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 nice thing is you don't have an international break, which is going to take away nine of your players. Um, but you are going to have to do some roster rotation and some switching around and some uh, other things. And as we saw this past week, I'm not sure yeah. that's a good thing. <laughs> It is what it is, but we'll see. Uh, I guess, yeah, I I think we will win as well. I mean, I think all three of us set a win for for this weekend, but uh, we'll see how we do against Sporting, and then we'll come back in and record before this run of uh, other games, and and we'll hit you with some pods between all the Champions League games and all the MLS games and everything else. But we have six games uh, just here in April, and and. Uh, to start off the month, we have five within 15 days. So it'll be a fun, it'll be a fun run. And uh, I think we'll have a better idea after this run where the Union kind of stand for the rest of the season. Yeah. Hopefully they're still yeah, in Champions League. that would certainly uh, kind of soften the blow a bit, you know, especially if the Union find themselves still within that, uh, say, fourth to seventh place range you can still kind of lean on the fact that well we're still fighting for champions league so we got to reserve the roster for some of that you you live with that argument because you want that champions league you want that sweet sweet champions league well if you've got any thoughts on that you can hit us up at the ftb pod on all the socials Uh, and we'll hopefully be there to respond to you. But other than that, have a great weekend, and uh, we'll see you next week. That's it for another episode of Season 5 of Views from the Bridge. You can find us all over the internet, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Pod. Did you enjoy the show and want to show your support? There are two ways. You can head to designtree at dsgntree.com slash bftb for our latest merch. Or... Buy Sabir at ko-fi.com slash pod. Thanks for listening and your support. Views from the Bridge is a podcast of the Beautiful Game Network. For Evan Villela, Chuck Booth, and Paul Catrino, I'm Justin Ashcraft, signing off. <laughs>